Good morning. Uh, Today, this is the second part of this series that we've started, Spending Moments with the Master. Uh, And we won't be spending our time in a specific book or passage, uh, but what we're going to do is look at some specific highlights in the Gospels where the disciples and his followers, where they spend time with Jesus, and in the process, what they do is learn some very important lessons. Uh, They learn more about what it means to know him, to follow him, and to be obedient to him. And that's something that all of us today, I think we could really use a little bit of help with. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, uh, we're going to start out in Luke chapter 10. We'll be in Luke chapter 10 this morning. Well, part, we're going to go to some other text, but let me ask this. Have you ever met someone that who has just been so filled with the Spirit, um, just seem to have God written all over them. You you know, someone who's walked with the Lord, it was so much more than anything that you've ever experienced in life. And when you saw them, you're just like, how did they get there? I mean, I've felt like that. I've I've known people like that. It's been an experience, but when I do, I think that the answer that it lies in what those people have discovered. It just seems that some people, that they have learned the secret of spending time at the feet of Jesus as they go through life. And what that does for them, it translates into this peace of heart, power of life, and purpose before God. And that's the kind of life I'd like to have. And I hope you would as well. And what I do is to be able to walk through this life constantly and confidently, consistently filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's actually God's desire for all of His children. That's how he wants us to live life. But the only way that's ever going to happen for any one of us here is for us to learn to spend time at his feet. Our text for today, it mentions a woman named Mary. Uh, She was a sister of of Lazarus and Martha, and this tight-knit family seems to have been especially close to Jesus. Mary, she's referenced three times in the gospel, in the gospels, and every time she is, She's always found in the same place. She's found at the feet of Jesus. And her experiences at his feet can teach us some valuable lessons about our own walk with him. And it might step on your toes, too. So let's pray, and we'll read our text for this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity, for this day to be here where we can come together and worship to, to worship through, through songs and giving and spend time learning more about you through your word, where we can come to you and find ways that we can live our life to lift you up and draw others to your son, Jesus. I ask that as we go to your word, that, that our hearts, that they're ready to hear, that, that, that our hearts aren't hard to what your word teaches us, and we learn the importance of being at your feet. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name I pray. Amen. So Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, uh, it reads, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, 
Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So the first thing that we're going to learn today, the first thing we're going to learn is that when you find yourself at the feet of Jesus, you're going to find that it's a place of stillness. When we find ourselves at his feet, it's going to be a place of stillness. Martha, now she had opened her home to Jesus, and she was trying her best to be a good hostess. Mary, though, Mary, though, she opened her heart to Jesus and tried her best just to love him. And the sad truth is far too often we're more like Martha than we are Mary. In our passion to serve him, we often end up ignoring him. And while, Mary, while Martha labored, her sister Mary was listening. And she found a place of stillness at the feet of Jesus. And that place of stillness is a place where we can forget our cares. We can forget our cares. While Martha was distracted with serving, Mary was just sitting there at the feet of Jesus listening to him. And when we come into his presence, when we step into his presence in prayer, Bible reading, and worship, the burdens of life, they tend to grow just amazingly light. And it would do a lot of good for all of us to, to learn to just sit in his presence, to sit down and forget about all the cares of the world. Just learn to love him. Just learn to love him more. And the worries, you'll be able to just Find that calm place in his presence. See, when we focus our attention on him, when we're focused on him, other things like our fears, our worries, they start to lose that hold on us. They don't grip us as tightly. See, see Martha, she was letting her work distract her from Jesus. And, and, and it caused her to just get aggravated and frustrated with other people. And if your service to the Lord leaves you with a mean spirit, there's something wrong. It's also a place where we can feed our souls. We can feed our souls. Martha, she was, she's worried about physical nourishment. And Mary, she was more concerned with getting her soul fed. In his presence, what we'll find is food for our souls and strength for the journey we're on. And it's no wonder to me today, it's no wonder that there are so many Christians who, who just lack Spiritual strength. And it's just because they don't take the time to come into his presence and sit at his feet. See, if we don't feed, if we don't have food for our soul, we're going to dry up spiritually. We, we can't feed constantly on all of the things of the world, on television, in the media, just everything around us. We can't feed ourselves on the slop of this life and expect to grow stronger in our faith. It's also a place where we can focus our priorities. We can focus our priorities. Looking in on this scene in Martha's home, we can see, clearly see each sister's picture, her priorities. Martha, she's concerned, I'm preparing the meal, I'm trying to feed all these people. Jesus brings these 12 guys into my house and they probably have other people. I gotta feed them. This guy's picky, this guy's lactose intolerant. But Mary, Mary was more concerned with being in the presence of Jesus. 
let me just say this. It's all about the priorities in our lives. That's the bottom line. It's all about our priorities. It's, it's like the story of this young, wealthy investment banker. He's driving his brand new BMW around a mountain road. It's snowy. He loses control. And at the last minute before he goes off the cliff, he jumps out. Car goes down, bursts into flames. And, and even though he escaped with his life, th- th- this man, he suffered a horrifying injury. Somehow his arm had been torn off of his body as he got out of the car. Trucker stops, gets out, sees if he can help. And when he gets to the scene, when he gets up to this young, wealthy banker standing on the roadside, looking down with tears at his car burning below, he just said, my BMW, my brand new BMW. And the trucker, he he says, buddy, you got bigger problems than your car. We need to find your arm to see if they can sew it back on. And he looked where his arm was or had been. And then he said, oh, no. My Rolex. My brand new Rolex. Often the level of spirituality that we're able to achieve in this life is directly related to the time we're willing to spend in His presence. If everything else in our life, if everything else takes precedence over being with Him, we're in big danger. Even being too busy in his work. To the point where we have no time to spend it at his feet, that's a bad thing. Now, now please don't misunderstand me. Martha's work, it was important. It was something that needed to be done. But nothing compares with time spent at his feet. Ultimately, what we, ultimately, we all make time for what we think is important. And the more time we spend, time, the more time we're able to spend at his feet, the easier it's going to be to make it a priority. See, the larger he gets in our lives, the larger he gets in our eyes, the smaller other things will become. So ask yourself, Is spending time at the feet of Jesus a priority in your life today? It's also the place that we can find ourselves. It's a place we can find ourselves. In sitting at Jesus' feet, Mary found fulfillment and contentment. And what she found there, what she found was worth more than all the money in the world. In fact, just being able to sit at his feet... Mary found something that millions live their entire lives and never discover. See, she found acceptance, and she found true contentment. And those two things alone are worth spending time in His presence. Never underestimate the value of your prayer time, the value of your Bible times, and the time that you spend in worship together with other believers. Now, the next time we find Mary at his feet is in John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, verse 32, it says, Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, 
She fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And what we see there is when we find ourselves at the feet of Jesus, we'll find a place of stillness, but we'll also find a place of supplication. And you might not know what supplication means. It's just an old word. It's an old word for prayer of bringing, humbly coming before God and asking that our needs be met, our concerns are taken care of. Now, if you're not familiar, the context of John eleven thirty two, 32, it's important. Now, Lazarus, her brother, Mary and Martha's brother, had died. And Jesus had come to pay his respects to the family. And when he gets there, he meets Martha and calls for Mary to come out to him. And once again, we find her at his feet, looking for the help that she needs. And what she finds during this encounter can help us all when we face the difficulties of life. Here we can see first that he calls. He calls. When Jesus arrived in Bethany, Martha ran out to meet him. Last time she was too busy cooking. This time she ran out. And while they're talking, Jesus demonstrated this concern, this great concern in their need. And after speaking with Martha, Jesus, he calls for Mary. He's concerned about her grief and the pain that they're experiencing. And and all of us today, we need to know the truth that he cares about our needs. He's interested in what you're experiencing and facing today. Never for an instant think that he doesn't care for you or isn't concerned. That's one of the devil's biggest lies. Jesus is interested in everything that you're facing in life today. Psalm 138, verse 6, it says, For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly. He's looking down on our lives with concern and with care and compassion. And he never misses anything that affects us. Think of what he he said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 to 31. He said, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them, not a single one of those birds will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered, and some people could probably be numbered really quickly. Fear not. Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. He's saying, I am in charge, and I care for you, and you are valuable to me. We matter. He calls us. We also find that he cares. He cares. Jesus, he called for Mary to come. She responds. She shows up, and there she was able to place her burdens on him. He's invited all of us to come to him. And to experience all he can do in a time of crisis. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. It was J.C. Ryle who said, Means are to be used diligently without question in times of need. Doctors are to be sent for in sickness. Lawyers are to be consulted when property or character needs defense. The help of all friends is to be sought. But still, after all, the first thing to be done, the first thing we need to do is to cry for the Lord Jesus for help. 
Now, isn't it, isn't it amazing that the person who can do the most, who can help the most in the shortest amount of time is often the last one that we turn to when we need help? When Mary, when she heard Jesus was calling for her, she got up and ran to him. That's a great lesson for us. When that time of crisis, when it comes, and trust me, they come, Jesus is always near to us. Run to him until meet your every need. He calls, he cares, and he prays. He prays. After Mary and Martha poured their hearts out to him, Jesus, he turned to his Father in heaven. He, he, he looks up in heaven and prayed on their behalf. He was interceding for them, and he still does that for us today. And when, we're, when we are willing to take our burden to the Lord, when we're willing to take that to Him, the entire Trinity gets involved. The Son prays for us, the Spirit guides and comforts us, and the Father, the Father opens up the storehouses of heaven. And He moves the circumstances on earth to see that that need is met. He calls, He cares, He prays, and He works. Jesus, what does he do in this passage? After she says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. He simply speaks, and Lazarus is alive. Jesus suspended the laws of nature just to meet the need of his people because dead people don't get back up. But in the raising of Lazarus, Mary, Mary had many needs met. And seeing Jesus do this, accomplish what he did, she understood two things. She understood his purpose. She understood his purpose. Jesus, think of this, he was only about two miles away from Bethany. He could have walked there in about 30 minutes. Taking his time. But he chose to wait for two days. And then didn't arrive until two more days had passed. This, was, this is a family that he was close to. He'd spent time with them. He cared about them. They cared about him. He was close. And it would have been hard for these sisters to understand what happened. But in seeing Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, she was able to understand that Jesus has a higher purpose than what he allowed her to endure. But it's the same way with us. It, it's, it's the same way. We're not always able to understand what God is doing in our lives until His purpose is fully revealed. And it's only in heaven. It's only in heaven that we'll finally understand. But when we're called to pass through those storms of life, we need to remember that Jesus is just reminding us that He's God. See, she understood his purpose, and she understood his power. See, if Lazarus hadn't died, Mary wouldn't have known that he could raise him from the dead, yet Lazarus did die, and she learned firsthand all about his power. And when we go through those trials, the, the tribulations, the storms of life, and, and, and we question his wisdom, thinking, why are you allowing this to happen? What is going on? I thought you cared about me. It should only increase our faith. 
and help us to trust Him more fully. Because until we face the trials of life, until we face those, we'll never find out the truth that He can sustain us through those as well. Are you spending time at His feet calling out to Him about your needs? Just don't think that He doesn't care or doesn't want you to come to Him because He's invited all of us to come and sit at His feet. Now, the last time that we find Mary, the last time we find Mary at His feet is in John chapter 12, the first three verses. And it says there, six days before the Passover. This is just prior to the crucifixion. Six days before the Passover. Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, of course, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And what we see is that when you find yourself at the feet of Jesus, you'll find it's a place of stillness, it's a place of supplication, but ultimately it's a place of service. It's a place of service. Mary, she is just so overcome for her, with her love for Jesus, uh, for just raising her brother from the dead, that she's willing to pay whatever price is necessary to serve him and be a blessing to the one who bought her. Because it's at his feet that we can offer our sacrifices. It's at his feet we can offer our sacrifices. Mary, she poured out this, this scented ointment on his feet. It was equivalent to about a year's wages, so it wasn't cheap. Um, some people would save a lifetime to have enough of this ointment for their own burial. And Mary, Mary is willing to give up this treasure because ever, over her overwhelming love for Jesus... And what she did was Mary gave him her best. She gave her all to the Lord. And we should do nothing less, should we? And when we give less than our best to Jesus, when we have made no sacrifice at all. It's not until we give everything to him. It's not until we give to the point where we have nothing else to give that we truly show our love for him. And when we shortchange him, when we shortchange him with our time, our money, our talents, we are not displaying our love for him. His desire is that we give him our all. And anything less is an insult. And I want you to know that your best is you. His desire is for us to give ourselves. There are so many people who treat God like the guy who called his girlfriend and said, Darling, I love you. I'd climb the highest mountain for you. I'd swim the deepest ocean for you. I'd fight a jungle of lions just to get to your house. And if it doesn't rain, I'll see you tonight. It's the truth. That's not real love. See, real love doesn't have boundaries. Real love doesn't have conditions. 
Real love is freely given and asks nothing in return. Do you love him like you should? There's a short story called Gift of the Magi. It's a story of a young couple named Della and Jim. And this poor couple, they were just so in love. I mean, that was everything. And each one had one valuable possession. And Della, it was her hair. It was her pride and joy. When she let her hair down, it's like a robe on her back. And Jim, he had this gold watch that his dad had given him. And on the day before Christmas, Della had exactly $1.87 to go buy him a Christmas gift. And she wanted to get him something that, she, that he would just love. But she knew $1.87 doesn't go far. So she did the only thing she could. She went and she sold her hair for $20. And she bought a chain for Jim's watch. And Jim came home from work tonight and saw her hair. And staring in shock, he was speechless. And she said, well, it'll grow back. And he said, well, I guess I'll give you what I got you. And what he had bought was a set of expensive tortoiseshell combs for her hair. And he sold his watch to buy it for her. Each of these people had given everything they had to give. Does Jesus have your all today? It's at his feet we can offer ourselves and our sacrifices. See, think of what Mary did. She offered to do the work of a common slave. She was seen in public with her hair down, and that was taboo. Only immoral women went around in public with with their hair down. And what that tells us about Mary is she was totally unselfconscious in her adoration of Jesus. She didn't care what other people thought about her. Her primary focus, her focus was just to serve him. And when we come to his feet, when we get to that place, we're not going to care what other people will think about us. See, we'll only have, we'll only, we'll, we'll only have him and his glory as the focus of our lives. He'll, he'll fill our thoughts, he'll fill our motives, and we'll lose sight of self. And we really should be grateful for all that he's done for us so that we get to the point that we're totally uninhibited and unashamed in our expression of love for him. We need to allow our pride to die, to take the back seat in the car, and show this lost and dying world around us that we're not ashamed, that we're not embarrassed to worship, to witness, or work for the glory of the one who gave everything for us. Because our love for him... It should be a direct response of his love for us. And you might even be surprised what you could do and achieve if you just cut loose. It's at his feet that we can offer our sacrifices ourselves and we can offer our statements. When Mary, when when she was criticized for her devotion and display of love for Jesus, he stepped up to her defense. He said, Leave her alone. She has done a good thing. She was doing her part to honor him. And for 2,000 years, her selfless gesture, that sacrificing gesture, 
continues to make a bold statement to us today. And when we as believers, when we take the time and make the commitment to sit at his feet, it makes a big statement. See, what we're doing is telling the world that Jesus is the most important thing in our life. We're showing, we're showing the world that, that he's important to us and we're not ashamed to be associated with him. And if you sit at his feet, people will notice. It's like the time a pastor was visiting a family's home and, and just saying, when people visit pastors' homes, they try to make a good impression. You know, everybody wants to put on the best behavior and all that. So she says to her little girl, she says, Honey, go get, my, go get mommy's book that she loves more than any other book. And, you know, she was trying to pull something on the pastor. And she comes back and she brings her the TV guide. Where, where do you find yourself today? Are are you sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him, learning from him, and just loving him? Because he's worth that. He's worth all of our devotion. And I challenge you to look at exactly where you're standing today. You see, right now, at this very moment, you are sitting at the feet of some God, little G. Because that thing... That person, that habit, that interest, whatever it is that is consuming your life, that thing is your God. And if you're not sitting at his feet today, get there. And it will make all the difference in your life. Because when we come to his feet, it's a place of stillness, of supplication, and service. One of the things that the enemy is good at is whispering in our ears little lies, telling us things that aren't really true. Because God wants us to spend time at Jesus' feet. But the enemy is going to say, you know, it's raining today. Why don't you just stay home today? You can go to church next Sunday. You don't, you don't need to read your Bible today because, well, you got a busy schedule. You can do it tomorrow. It, it's, just, it's just one day. But you know what? Every time you make that decision, it's easier to say no the next time and the time after that until it's not even an option anymore. Let's come into Him with our supplication and sharing our cares, and our needs with him. Because the enemy is going to say, you know what? That guy who wronged you, just get even with him. Don't wait for God to take care of that. You can do it. Just, Just this time, because he deserves it. Don't let God deal with that situation. I I know you're suffering right now. Just self-medicate. Don't wait for God to work in that situation. Don't share that need. You can take care of it yourself. And then it comes to those times of service where we say, you know what? The enemy's saying, you don't have time this week to participate, to serve. You can do it next time. You can do it the time after. You know, just... 
somebody else will fill that gap. And you say no. And the next time it's easier. And easier until it's not an option. We need to make it a priority to come and sit at his feet. Because there is nothing more important in this life than doing that. Because it leads us into that place of stillness, that place of supplication, and ultimately of service. As the worship team comes this morning, where are you today? Are you listening to those little lies that it's just one day? It's just one event? You can take care of that yourself? That's him whispering lies into your ear. Is he the priority that he needs to be in your life? Ultimately, you need to know him before you can do that. Scripture tells us that that he came, that he lived a perfect, sinless life, that he died a horrible, horrible, agonizing death on a Roman cross, that he was buried, and on that third day, raised back to life. Putting putting paid to the debt we owe for our sins, allowing us to have a restored relationship with God. Romans 10.9 tells us, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. And confessing with your mouth, it's just acknowledging who He is, saying that you're in charge, I'm not. And believing in your heart that God raised Him from the dead is knowing the truth that he died for you and he paid the debt you owed. And once you've done that, you need to spend time at his feet. So as we have a time of invitation this morning, I encourage you, if you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, to make today the day that you just come to sit at his feet and say, Lord, I want to be forgiven. And if And if you do know him, and he's not the priority that he needs to be, if you just keep putting off doing what you know he wants you to do, I want you to come and spend time at these steps and make that right with him. And put him first. And make the commitment to say, Lord, nothing else matters except for you. I'm going to pray, and if you need to, come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for what he's done for us by setting us free from the bondage of sin, by providing us forgiveness, hope, and a future. Lord, I just pray for those here or or maybe watching online that, Lord, that we're all ready to come to be at your feet and to allow you to lead our lives in the direction you desire, and that we don't ever say no to what you've called us to do. Help us be a faithful and obedient people. Help us be a people that draw others to your Son. And Lord, help us be the church that you've called us to be. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.